The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspire Us. You know, we don't have to look too far for some amazing people. They are all over the place. Some stand out that much more. And my next guest is one of those people. He goes the distance to help so many others, and he does so out of the goodness of his heart. He is an outstanding individual and also a casting director in Toronto, Canada. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Stephen Mann. Hello, Stephen, and welcome to Inspire Us. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me, my man. Always nice to have you. Uh, You know, I've known you for several years, and I've known you as a stand-up guy, someone who, who you help a lot of people. Even back in 2020, when we all went into lockdown, People were looking to you. You started, along with others, the stay-at-home heroes in partnership with with, uh, eBoss Canada. And uh, it was a Canadian isolation short film festival that you were involved in. And all these wonderful projects to lift the spirits of so many people. So you really have, over the years, been a real servant to so many people with a kind heart and just moving forward, man. No, no. I I just love the stuff that you're doing. Thank you. You're touching a lot of lives. How did this all start for you? Uh, You know, I mean, you serve people. You would go out of your way to give someone a meal. I mean, that's just the kind of person you are. How did this all start for you, Stephen? To be honest, it started for me. I mean, I've always, I think I've always been an empathetic person and I've always really loved people. But as far as, you know, taking the right action and and actually becoming more active, um, I got to give a shout out to a dear friend of mine. His name is Flint Eagle. He's a a big stuntman here in Toronto. And I'd say about four, maybe five years ago on Christmas Eve, uh, when I was married, um, we went to this pub um, in Leslieville and I met Flynn Flynn there. And uh, we just started talking and he was giving away free Christmas dinners to people. And people that we were outside talking and people would walk by and he would invite them in for a free meal. And I was like, wow, that is so wonderful. And we talked about doing something together. I said, Flint, I would love to do this with you. This is so great. And, and that just kind of was the, the match that lit it. And I realized that I can do stuff and I want to do stuff. And, and sort of, I just started to get really active. We started to do regular Christmas uh, fundraisers for the Red Door Shelter, Thanksgiving dinner for the Red Door Shelter. And as you know, we work in a community of creatives, actors, producers, and, and such. So everybody was really supportive and continue to do that. You know, I've, I see a GoFundMe, I, I, I throw it out there. You know, this time has been very difficult though, because number one, we can't go out. And, you know, a couple of times I posted on Facebook, you know, at Thanksgiving, if anybody doesn't have a meal or needs anything, like reach out to me. And some people did, and I sent them money, but the amount of need, it's, it's kind of frustrating because we're in a pandemic, my business is down 50%. You still want to help, but you really can't help everybody. But I just always have felt that if you can make a difference in one person's life, 
or I make their week or even their day a little less stressful, then you've done something. And I got to, again, I got to shout out my buddy Flint Eagle, who really showed me that, you know, it's one thing to feel it and it's another thing to do it. And, and I started to do it. And it's quite addictive helping people because it really makes you feel good about yourself. And it just gives me a little bit more of a purpose, I guess. And I just really like to be there for people and help people in any way I can, whether they're actors or completely unaffiliated with our industry. So, so thank you, Flynn. I love you, man. And uh, you really showed me a lot that night for sure. Well, Flynn, uh, if you're listening and when you're listening, yes, thank you very, very much. And yeah, and, he's a good dude. Oh yeah. Well, I'd love to talk to him. And Stephen, you hit on a couple of things. When you are generous or when you give your time, when you give your efforts, whatever it is, it does come back to you and makes you feel good, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, you can call it karma, whatever you want to call it. You know, you can't go wrong by being kind to others and making a difference in somebody's life and making them feel better, especially now, which is tough because, like, I haven't really left my house since March. And there's so many things I would have loved to do. Like, God, I used to love going with my best friend, Andrew, to Walmart for our toy drive. And we'd each, if you spend $400 on toys at Walmart, you're walking out there with carts of toys. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I loved it. And we can't do that right now. So I'm really looking forward to all of this going away and being able to get out in the world and, and make a difference. Aren't we all? But you know what? Um, even though we are in lockdown right now, you still continue to make a difference in people's lives and i i watch your uh, your posts and you're always encouraging and you got something new and creative and you throw out these great ideas and people respond so that in itself is reaching yeah. people with acts of kindness and such what is it that gets stephen out of bed in the morning what gets you out of bed and gets you motivated or unmotivated what is it that gets you out of bed it's a tough question because you know after it's really funny. I got to be very candid with you, Paul, as I normally, I usually am. At the beginning of the pandemic, I was really motivated to help people and really motivated to make a difference And because it was so new and it was so frightening. And, uh, you know, since the first five months of this pandemic, I really excelled and I never had been busier. You know, that film festival I funded with my own money and my team funded with their own money. We did it to get people creative, to give them something to do, to take their mind off of it. And I got a lot of wonderful messages from, especially from the parents of kids that shot films. I mean, it was lovely. But I, I got to tell you that the last few months of the pandemic have been really difficult for me. It's some days I really don't want to get out of bed, Paul. And, you know, it becomes very monotonous and routine when you wake up, you get your coffee, you go upstairs, you take a shower and, you're, and I'm back in this chair. Like this mm. chair is where I live. And uh, I should be exercising more. I should be, I should be uh, going out for walks and such. But I kind of fell into that rabbit hole, a little bit of self-medicating and drinking a lot of wine and just, you know, just trying to numb it at times. And, uh, you know, again, I know me and I know what my limits are. And I know it's, it's been a lot more difficult the last four months. But, you know, myself and my team are doing great work. Um, we're still busy. I mean, it takes us, you know, double the amount of time to do a job now, but I've got the, uh, the best team in the business and work and more so my work family is what keeps me going and my kids, you know, pretty much. So other than that, like I, I'm kind of enjoying the fruits of other people rather than my own. That mm. makes sense. It does. No, no, it really does make sense. And, uh, what you're describing, I think many of us are going through is this COVID burnout that, <sighs> 
keeps us in bed or that keeps us unmotivated. And uh, it, it really takes a lot of energy to focus and do something creative. Otherwise, you know, we fall into this pit. And the further we fall into the pit, the more difficult it is to, or to follow through on something positive, right? Absolutely. And, you know, we've heard this many times. Mental health is real and we struggle. I struggle. You know, um, I fight with depression and anxiety. Um, I think a lot of people do. Maybe some people aren't as open about it. I'm really open about it. Like, had some moments, man, straight up where I was just like, oh, God, like, I just, I can't, but you have to. Yeah, you do. And thank you so much for sharing uh, everything that you have uh, about that, because your voice is is that of so many people out there. As I said, there's so many people out there that are struggling with their mental wellness or physical wellness. And the fear of the unknown is something that's gripping us all. Um, are there things that you turn to, Stephen, that does give you a, a great amount of joy during your day? Is there something that you do regularly to, to lift your spirits? Uh, I like Barolo and I like Bordeaux. Um, <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> Um, you know, I'd say, you know, my, my kid, my, my youngest, who's who I have half the time really keeps me going and just gives me purpose. Um, my eldest son is home now for the holidays. He was in film school in Montreal. That's made a huge difference. I mean, family first, right? Um, mm. I've got a great relationship with my ex-wife. Um, so I still kind of feel I still have a dysfunctional, functional family. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I, I think that that is sort of what keeps me going. And also sports, you know, I mean, Everybody knows I'm a diehard Raptor fan. Like, yeah. my favorite thing was to finish work at six, boot home, get my kid, go get a beer at the corner. He'll eat some edamame and take an Uber to the game with my son. And it was the best. And it's like the thought of sitting amongst 22,000 people or whatnot, like, it's like crazy, <laughs> you know? So, but sports has made a big difference. Football and because I'm a sports junkie. So it does give you something to root for and to enjoy. Um, but listen, at the end of the day, I'm so blessed. I'm working. I have, my kids are healthy. My family's healthy. You know, my father had COVID. He recovered. Thank God. Thank God. You know, sometimes we have to, we have to look at the positives and it's hard because there's so much negative and it's so easy to, to go and to, to find the darkness rather than the light. It, it, it can get dark really fast. So, yeah. Yeah. It really, like, you know, oh, go ahead. No, no, yeah, please. No, I was going to say, yes, it can get really dark really fast. And I, you hit on the, you know, the idea of being grateful, of finding things to be grateful for. And I think that that's one thing that uh, far, <clears throat> far too many of us are not doing that. We're not waking up and just saying, hey, you know, number one, I woke up. That, that's something to be grateful for. Number yeah. two, I have a roof. We, we tend to think about the big things in life, you know, that we're grateful for. And we might go through five or six, uh, you know, moments of gratitude. Okay, I'm grateful for this, my kids, my this. How about for the last 30 minutes, for example, I'm grateful for you being in my life right, right now, because right now, this is the most important moment of my life is spending time with you, you know, like uh, right now we can make a difference in each other's lives. So I think we, we really have to go into that grateful, uh, gratefulness for, for not only the big things, but the little things, you know, totally, but it's hard, right? Like, again, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll watch the news and we'll hear a, a tragic story of somebody young that lost their lives. And then we think to ourselves, oh shit, I got to make changes. Look how lucky I am. I'm so blessed. I'm alive. I'm awake. I'm productive. And then 
you know, it, it trails off again. You know, it's just like when your kid is young and he, you yell at him to clean his room and his room is clean for a week. And then all of a sudden it's a shit show. So <laughs> it's hard, you know, it's hard to continue to stay positive, but with people like you in my life and other people, I've got a great circle of friends and, uh, I have people that I can reach out to. I have people that reach out to me and I, and I also reach out to others. And I know a lot of people that are really making a huge difference on social media. Like I kind of have been writing a lot more shotgun. I'm not nearly as active. I mean, I obviously I post a lot of comedy because that's sort of where my heart is, is, is writing comedy. But, um, you know, shout out to my friend, Bobby Del Rio, who is always very uplifting on, on social and, and everybody else that just randomly messages people, you okay? Like it means so much just to randomly say you good, you yeah. know, like that means a lot. It's like somebody is thinking about you, you know, and that, that little gesture is so fucking important. Like, it's just so random. Like you see somebody just reach out, like you good. It just yeah. means a lot. It means a lot. And that's, yeah. Thank you for sharing that because you're absolutely right. I think more of us ought to be doing that, reaching out and just connecting with one another because it, being alone, you know, for for uh, for a lot of people who are in this pandemic, living alone, yeah. it can get awfully lonely. You know, you know, when yeah. you can't see family, you can't, uh, you know, see your friends, you can't socialize. We have the internet, thank God for that. But yeah. yes, it takes an effort uh, to continuously work the muscle. And I think one of the important things is uh, when we when we say, "Oh, I'm so grateful," and but we. You, your comparison to the messy room after a week, you know, you kind of let it go. Um, I think that's a muscle. Uh, the the work that we put into being happy, I think, has to be a consistent uh, journey of doing it every day until sure. it until it becomes strong. And so, yeah, thank you for that. Now, tell me about your uh, your comedy writing. How's that going? You know what? I I've never when I was younger, I had pursued it a lot more. I started in radio, and I I um wrote for a couple of TV shows, but I sort of fell ass backwards into casting, but I still have things that I want to accomplish. I still want to write a book. I mean, I, anytime I can write something really silly, my, my humor is, I think it's a bit of an acquired taste, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's always nice when you can make somebody laugh. Laughter is so important. And for me, it's always been like a little bit of a high to make somebody laugh, to, to for somebody to say that's really funny is, it's, it's like, it's, it's incredible. So I enjoy that. I just like being silly and I like to be playful and I like to be just have a good time as much as I can, as far as just being silly. Like I, I relate really well to my six-year-old because we behave the same way. Like a lot of times, <laughs> you know, I'll get mad at my kid for doing things and I'll be like, wait, you do that too. <laughs> like, and it's totally true. Like I I'll sing crazy in the shower and walk around the house singing and yelling and acting up and, and then when he does it, I get upset with him. And then my, my ex-wife will say, Stephen, he's you. Like, you do that. So <laughs> and sometimes we do have to uh, take a look at, at what we do and absolutely, and, yeah, and stop the, uh, the comparison, right? Yeah. What is one thing that you would be willing to share with people that people might not know about you, Stephen? That they may not know about me. Oh, wow. That is such a tough question. And the only reason it's tough is because I'm pretty transparent. I wear everything <laughs> on both on both lapels. Like I have nothing to hide. I mean, I've been very candid about that. I do suffer from depression and I do have have things that I, that I deal with. I had a terrible issue with my wife um, with fertility that we've helped a lot of people with. And that's something that's very passionate for me. 
because what, what I went through when I was married was three years of absolute hell, six miscarriages, mm. um, an atopic pregnancy, over $100,000 spent, uh, four different clinics. Mm. I mean, it, it put such a strain on our, on our relationship at the time. So, you know, when I see my, my son, my youngest son, he's such a gift. So I don't know if people know that I, I went through that. So when I hear about other people's stories, I'm the first one to say, oh shit, listen to me. Like I did all that. I went through all that. And I was fortunate enough to find the right place where I didn't, we never had a fertility issue. It was an immunology issue. And the only way, reason we got to that was we used a clinic that was far out of our, our zone, like up in Newmarket in, in, in Stouffville. And they are affiliated with a clinic in California that does certain tests that they don't do here, yada, yada, yada. Once I found the right spot, it was a year from our first meeting, a year later, my son was born and it cost me other than the consultation. We did no, uh, I mean, I did in vitro a couple of times, like it was crazy. So when I hear about people that are going through it, I know what it feels like. It's, it's just, it's crazy. And once you go through it after the sixth time, you're just like, good God. And then, you know, the whole issue, well, maybe we adopt. It's like, well, you know how difficult it is? Mm. to adopt like it's not like you can just go up to a vending machine okay i like that one put your money in and you know like it's it's a process it's a crazy process so that's one thing people may not know is that you know fertility and you know stuff like that is very i'm very passionate about and and very like i want to help people because i, I know what it feels like I, i've been through it i've been through the joy of like getting the call from the doctor you're pregnant only to go to an ultrasound you know like six times like and then and then after the the funny thing is is then my wife had to have emergency surgery and have a tube removed so now we're back at square one minus a tube mm. so mm -hmm. i'm like how are we going to get like how is this going to happen but again there's there's a lot of misconceptions i found that most of the fertility clinics in toronto if any of you have been like you go there you take a number like you're at the butcher uh they do you know the blood test the standard stuff they give you some vitamins they, you know, for me, they sent me into a little private room, some movies, nothing compelling, nothing like ET or anything <laughs> like that. And, uh, you know, it's just like, it's, it's just a cycle, but that's, there's so much more to it. There's so many other things that I don't think a lot of the doctors personally have the time when they have that many patients to dig in and forensically examine what the problem was. Mm -hmm. So we wasted a lot of time, but you know, this was the soul that God gave me that's upstairs in my room watching TV. So I don't know what was before him, but I'm I'm really happy with what I got. Oh yeah, well, you what know? a what a great story! Uh, it, it does show a lot of things. You do have a miracle upstairs oh, at yeah. your place yeah. right now, and I see the connection between you and your son, which oh, is so beautiful. Yes. The two of you, yeah, you are alike. I, you know, and I see it in the pictures too. Yeah. He's <laughs> my bestie. He like honestly, my best friend. You know, other than my friend Andrew, is 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 a six year, a seven year old. Like he is. He's my everything. Like he just keeps me going. And yeah, without him, I just don't know. And I understand certain people don't want kids and it's, you know, it's another, you know, but for me, that kid is just like, he just makes my day. Like he just makes me laugh and he drives me crazy. And he sometimes, you know, like <laughs> remote learning now, like I just, like I suck at grade one math. Like I just do, like, I'm just not good with doing homework for grade one. Like they make it so complicated. I'll call my girls at man casting. And I'm like, can you guys help me with this? Like, well, I didn't know what a Venn diagram was. I confess, I had no idea. <laughs> so they sent me these circles and, and I was like, I don't know what any of this means. Oh, so, 
Yeah, but I think I'll excel in grade two. Uh, there you go. Well, you know what? You're going to school now. So yeah, yeah. you know, don't, don't worry. Just keep it up, Stephen. You'll be I'm fine. Try. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, yeah. And, and thank you. A lot of listeners out there, if they are having difficulty having a family, I'm sure they're going to be encouraged by what you just said. And and yeah. And reach out to me. Like I have some some connects and some some you know information that I would be happy to share. Like it's a it can get really dark. It's, you know, like when I grew up, I knew I wanted to be. I think I wanted to be a father more than I wanted to be a husband, to be quite honest. Um, I wanted children really badly. And the thought of not being able to for somebody that wants wants it so badly was just devastating for for me, for my wife at the time. But yeah, so I'm I'm very passionate about it. So if anybody has any questions or like get at me, reach out to me. It's something that I'd love to help you with. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for yeah. sharing that with you. Now, can we turn around to what is happening in our industry now, in the acting industry, yeah. in the performing arts? It looks like we're an essential service because we're still working, um, but it's getting really difficult. And, you know, there are certain things that I love. Um, you know, the casting specs are so diverse now. And I'm in one lane, which is commercials. Like I do one TV show, I'll do a couple of films a year for friends of mine that are directors and such, but my bread and butter is commercials. And I thought we were making a lot of progress. And then I think we were making progress. And then when everything happened with George Floyd, Brianna Taylor, everything that sort of went down, it really opened up a lot of people's eyes to how unfair the industry can be for, for people of color. And I see such a change. like it's so different now it's amazing and i mean if you watch tv commercials please like look at what we're seeing we're seeing a really authentic representation of society like i used to say to clients back in the day like for certain casting specs go to a food court like go to a food court see like people <laughs> people have like everybody works together like it's it's no biggie so i'm really proud of that um Everything is online, but there's a lot of uncertainty. Like I haven't been in my office since March. I'm still paying rent. Mm. Haven't been in there, have no desire to be in there right now, obviously. I think the biggest thing is, is when this is over, have we become conditioned to this? I know that there's nothing that replaces interaction, but we're getting it done. And I know that my team is, listen, I'm prejudiced. They're the best, they're the best in the business. We run it so smooth. We've been doing it from the jump. We would give seminars to agency producers on how we make it work. Everybody, you know, Dan and Ashley and Sarah and Katie and Cloda and Jess and, and Katie and Brendan, all of them. I love you guys. You guys have really stepped up and the hours are insane. You know, we have to book backups on every job. We have to coordinate COVID testing. It's, it's a lot more difficult. And, but it's also great because there are a lot of people that have become actors that were never actors, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because we need to have people bubbled. We're starting to do a little mix and matching as long as there's COVID testing. But for me personally, I won't do a job if the people if there's not COVID testing and the people aren't bubbled or they're closer than six feet. Like I just won't touch it. Good. I can't I can't carry that if God forbid. And I, I I'm seeing cases. We had one job where um, the girl showed up to her fitting and a COVID test and she tested positive when was completely asymptomatic. So we had to replace her the day before the shoot. So it's really. It's difficult, Paul. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of admin that goes on behind the scenes. And shout out to, to Shasta and Andrew at Powerhouse and Shasta Jigsaw, because I know what they're going through. It's tough. And it's also tough because our extended family, we don't have access to. You know, I used to love being in my office, 
listening to music, working, looking through my window, seeing friendly faces, hugging people, talking to people. Like these people were a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just so different now because we see them on Zoom. I have a better idea of people's um, architecture tastes and tastes in art. There are a lot of people that like sailboats, pictures. <laughs> and, you know, it's just funny to get that inside look into people's homes. But I really miss just seeing people. And uh, but thank God, Paul, we're working and we're working regularly. It's just we're doing half the work and it's taking double the time. But again, no complaints. Like, thank God. Thank God yeah. we're yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's so true. We do miss that human interaction, the connection. And I, I can't imagine what it must be like for someone like yourself, uh, directors having to go through, you know, tons and tons of tapes, not seeing people, uh, producers not seeing people. Everybody is hurting so much. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What kind of advice could you give actors right now who are experiencing uh, difficulty? Certainly, uh, they want to be in front of someone auditioning. What is it that you can give to them? You know what? I would say, I would say just technically, you know, stay on point. Make sure you've got a proper mic and a ring light and make sure that you're able to get yourself to tapes done properly. Make sure you tell your agent who you're bubbled with, who your kids are, who your boyfriend is, who your girlfriend is, who your partner is. Like, because agents need to know that because we're no longer mixing and matching often. Like we're doing a job now where there's COVID testing. So I may have, you know, guy A with girl B after the COVID tested, but normally it's it's people that are in the same household. It's a little more difficult now because there's no more bubbles. We're really not supposed to be outside of our own home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like my bubble has always been quite small, but I don't really see anybody. So. I would say make sure your agent knows, you know, who's in your life, who's in your household. Just take a quick Polaroid or iPhone picture and maybe send it to the agent for them to upload onto, onto Actors Access as well. I mean, we need you guys. And there's a lot of work still. Like, I'm, I'm actually amazed at how much production is still going. And I'm, I'm so proud of how production companies and agencies are handling themselves. They're doing a great job. Like, we want to work. We have to work to pay our bills and to keep a roof over our heads. And, and the way that, that our community is facilitating that has been very responsible and very impressive. And for that, I think we're all really, really lucky. And the other thing is, you know, I would say this before the pandemic, 10 years ago, before COVID hit, um, I would say, you know, you're gonna struggle with the same things. You've chosen a creative outlet where rejection is behind door number one usually. And just, you've consented to that own it, be aware of it. Don't let it get you down. Stay positive, stay active, be yourself. Like you knew what you were getting into. This is a tough business and not a lot of people are able to sustain themselves from this alone. So you do it because you love it. You have to love it. So I would just say, just stay positive, get yourself tapes done properly, get them uploaded in time. There's a lot of work and there's a lot of opportunities still. Thank God there are, there are so many businesses that are shut down. We're open. Yeah, and you, we are an essential service because uh, everybody loves entertainment. Everybody needs entertainment. We need our performers out there, and a lot of people don't realize how much hard work it is, and but how valuable it is. We we just have to go to Netflix and say, "Well, I've already seen that. I've already right. seen that. Where, when's a new episode coming out? You know that kind of thing." So, yeah, right. thank you for sharing that. And everybody has an outlet. Like I've always said, this like there's so much media. Like. YouTube, Facebook, I don't do TikTok. I'm thinking about trying it, but all these platforms, like 
if you've got a great idea, create a, a vlog or a blog or like keep keep creative, stay in the game. Even though you may fall back a bit, there are, there are outlets for you to show people your creativity. If you've got a great idea, don't, you don't have to go to Netflix and pitch it, produce it yourself, you know, produce an online show. Like it's all possible. Listen, I had no idea what it took to create an online film festival. We worked around the clock for months. It cost thousands of dollars. I mean, I don't think anybody to this day, I have not seen an online production that was close to ours with, you know, live directors in New York that were talking in our ear, cutting from cameras. It was really difficult. We did it. I'm so proud of that. There was also a lot of pain for me with that, the way things played out. I, I saw a lot, of, a lot of darkness in our industry and a lot of individuals that were very mean and hurtful and it still has affected me. Like somebody said, are you gonna do it again? And listen, Paul, I love helping people. Um, I'll never do it again, mm -hmm. I don't think. I'm glad I did it. I love doing it. And to go back to your original point, guys, do it. I see a lot of people doing it, doing films. Like do what makes you happy, challenge yourself. I never thought I'd be able to pull that off. Mm. I never did. It was such a huge task. And shout out to everybody that participated. Uh, Will Chang, Jess Moran, the whole team. Everybody gave their blood, sweat, and tears to pull this off, and we did. And we made mistakes, no biggie. But I just wish our community would have shown me a little bit, or us a little bit more love and compassion with regards to errors we made instead of accentuating all the shit and not the positive. But live and learn, and, uh, and you can do it. Like, you could do a film festival, you could do a sketch show, you could do stand-up, you can do... Uh, you know, podcasts. There's so many outlets for everybody. Like I encourage you, do it. You'll feel better about yourself. You'll feel more creative. Get, you know, your juices going and it'll lead to other things because there's so much fucking talent in this city. My God. I think what you guys did was remarkable. I think what you, you what you guys did was uplifting and uh, it wasn't meant to be such a big thing. Uh, you, but it was, hey, here we are, we're in a pandemic, and what can we do to uplift people? And that's what you did. And, uh, you know, yeah, no, you did. You did. And uh, don't don't knock yourself for that, man. Uh, everybody did. Um, no, I'm, I feel a lot better about it now. I mean, God, four or five months ago, I was just crushed, but I feel really good about it. I mean, I still look back at what we accomplished. I'm proud of the team. I'm yeah. proud of what we did. And I'm really proud of... of the creative films and, and the community, what they accomplished and what they did. Cause like this community is my family. Like I've grown up in this industry. Like mm. there are times when I'm prepping a job and I'll type a name on like back before the pandemic and like, goes, Oh, Paul in the dough. Okay, cool. Great. I get to see Paul tomorrow. Like the amount of people that I so looked forward to hugging, seeing, shooting the shit with like, <laughs> God, I'm, I mean, this is my family. These people are, my, my friends and family, and I miss them all so much. It's insane. Yeah, I think we all do. And we're going to get back there one day. And I, I'm, I hope so. I, I, I know we will. I, it's going to be a little bit different. But uh, if we take a look at every pandemic that has come and gone, uh, uh, people gathered after the pandemic was done and, and things went to normal. It's going to history repeats itself. And so can you imagine going through polio without Netflix? Like, how the hell do they? How did they do it? I don't know. I, no, I, no, no, Prime, no, no, Crave. <laughs> All you got is polio. 
That's it. I I have no idea how they got through, but they did. That's the thing. We all we we are resilient as a human race, and we will get through this, and we will be back to uh, a normal. We will, and and I truly believe that. I don't want to keep you too long, Stephen, but I'm going to ask you uh, what's in store for you next. What are you? are you going to start writing that book? It's in you. Are you going to yeah, start? Yeah, I've started a little bit. Like, I have a lot of stuff in my head. I just, like, right now, I just want to get our jobs done well. Uh, I want the clients to be happy, and I want my team, the people who I love the most, to have a roof over their head, food on their table, to take care of them. And that's really the most important, and that my, my children and my family are healthy. And just really, like, we've been talking offline a little bit, you know, the last, you know, little while. And yeah. It's it's actually helped me because I realized that, you know, it's just a simple, like a little bit of a tweak and it's really easy to go dark and it's really easy to self-loathe and, and to feel sorry for yourself and to feel so like how, like, you know, there are times I wonder like, when, when will it end? Like, I remember when it started, I was like, people were like, oh, June. I'm like, no way. Like, I knew that this was going to be effed up. I knew it would be, but I didn't think that we'd be here with not like, you know, we talk about the vaccine rollout, we, and you have the anti-vaxxers and the this and that. Like, it's so, there's so much craziness. Look, this pandemic has exposed our, our inner selves, a lot of people, and that's cool. Uh, you know, we can agree to disagree. We don't have to mesh, per se, for me to respect you and to live and let live. But it, it's troubling, and uh, I, don't, I don't know. I really don't, Paul. Like, I'm not trying to be negative, but like, I don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna unfold. Like I have no problem, you know, in the future wearing masks. Like you know, if we did this five years ago, you wake up. Like I would go to my office and I, you know, I'd see a producer I hadn't seen in a long time, and they go to hug me, and I would do the fist. Like no, I'm I woke up not feeling well. But you know, now it'd be like second nature. Put on a mask, right? Like if you mm-hmm. want to go to work, put on a mask. Mm-hmm. So those things are great. Um, I think we've we've really appreciated. I think most of us have learned to appreciate how lucky we are in in this industry to be to be working. Um, I just don't want people to lose sight of empathy and compassion. Those are the most important things to feel for other people, not just yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. And I love people and I love helping people. And uh, it's just a big part of my life. And, and, and I really look forward to doing more of it and being able to do it a little bit freer. Stephen, you are loved, my friend. Oh, and so are you, buddy. Listen, anytime you want to reach out to me, you reach out to me. I'll be here for you. Ditto. And, and remember all the good that you've done in the community oh, and how you. many people you've helped. And the, the heart that you have is one uh, that we should all aspire to have. You have a great heart. Thank and you. Don't be hard on yourself, my friend. We'll keep in touch. And to all the listeners out there, you know, Stephen is uh, continues to be a remarkable man who's done such good for our community. And I and will continue to do so. I love this community. I love the people I work with. <laughs> if anybody needs me, like if anybody need, like just I know we're, we're, we're ending it now, but like sometimes oh, no. you can just look on social and you can sort of see the tone of people's posts and such and or you'll get a message. And I have friends that I've reached out to that if you need an ear, like it's so important to just have each other's backs and to just just a simple you good. It, it, it means so much when I get it, when I give it to others, like we really need to, the world is sort of like here and here, right? As far as where we're at, like it's almost like Democrat and Republican almost, like it's right. so split. I know what side I'm on. I'm gonna care for that side, but I'll also care for the other side. And if I'm saying this very candidly, if anybody out there needs me or needs an ear or needs a laugh or, or needs help or doesn't have food, like if I can help you, I will, I will help. And that is the best medicine for me. 
and try it. You'll see how incredible it. And it doesn't have to be fiscal. It's just an ear. It's just it's just it's just attention. Uh, it means so much to whoever's on the receiving end. It really does. And we all need that now. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank Steven. you, buddy. I love you, Paul. I, I love you, man. You, Thank you. You got it. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient.